Welcome, welcome, welcome to After the Bell. I am still Corey Graves. KP, I hope you are well caffeinated because usually, historically speaking, after WrestleMania, we get to catch our breath. We get to slow down just a little bit, but no, not this year. Absolutely not. Instead, WWE has taken it to an entirely new gear, the next level. It is draft day. The World Heavyweight Championship is back. We've got the reigning WWE Women's Tag Team Champs joining the show here today, Raquel and Liv. KP, where do you want to start? Or to borrow a line from Cody Rhodes, what do you want to talk about? (laughs) Well, can I just say first and foremost, I got a few texts off people being like, Corey Graves genuinely cares about you. In the moment when Bad Bunny is swinging that kendo stick, he said, hey, watch out, KP. That's the most love you've ever shown me, bud. Don't get used to it. It's never going to happen again. I was really more concerned about my own self-preservation, and I figured you were there beside me, so I would shepherd you to safety. What a time to be alive on Monday Night Raw. We can get into that a little bit later, but I think first and foremost, given that it's Friday, given that it happens tonight, we've got to touch on the draft because the emotions are running high for everybody. Ahead of Friday Night SmackDown, folks, it continues into Monday Night Raw when we'll be back in Fort Worth, Texas on Monday. Graves, what's the feeling like behind the scenes, first and foremost, for the superstars. You know, you've, you've been there as a superstar yourself. You're married to a superstar. Is, is it a moment of, of, of complete and utter trepidation, excitement? What, what's it like? This is one of the instances, and obviously it doesn't happen regularly each and every year, but anytime a draft happens, you and I have tried to convey the feeling. I've done it in the past. Michael Cole does his best to explain, to your point, the trepidation, the uncertainty surrounding the WWE draft because it really is life-changing for superstars, and there are true real-life effects. This is one of the instances where reality truly creeps in to what you see on WWE TV, and we talk about it, and as a fan, you think, okay, well, so-and-so, they fly to Raw, they fly to SmackDown, whatever it is, whatever you assume a WWE superstar's travel schedule is, that could be turned upside down. Then you factor in, again, the reality of things. People have families. People have relationships. People have other obligations. Some of our superstars have other businesses that they they work on on the outside. All of these things can be affected by the WWE draft. That's not to say that it will, but it has happened. And it most likely, at least in a few instances this year, will happen. You've got the uncertainty of somebody who's in, in NXT right now, who's watching, hoping, keeping their fingers crossed. Carmella was the very last pick in the year she was drafted. Uh, so there's a lot of, of hope in the NXT locker room right now. But with that comes a great deal of change, a culture shock, if you will, from the day-to-day life of going to the performance center and getting to sleep in your own bed every night and knowing when you're going to train, when you're going to eat, to road life, which is exponentially better nowadays than it was in years past. You look back at the guys who lived through the the 70s and the 80s and the 90s and the grind and the grueling schedules. That's a, that's a culture shock and a real life shock for a lot of NXT superstars who are comfortable or used to their, their current touring schedule or their, their workload. That can all change. Uh, it's, it's exciting for Raw and SmackDown superstars who maybe aren't being featured the way they want or haven't received the opportunities they think they deserve. And this will all tie back to, to the World Heavyweight Championship. We'll get back there in a few, few minutes. Um, but this is honestly, from top to bottom, there's a great deal of uncertainty, but there's also a lot of excitement because of the, the results that could come from being drafted, not unlike any other sport, not unlike being drafted into the Yankees organization and thinking you're going to do this. And then maybe after you sit in the minors for two or three seasons and you're going, oh my God, I got to get out of here. I got to, and then you 
you know, get traded in a package deal to, to the Dodgers. And next thing you know, you're starting on third base. You don't know what that is, but that is really the reality of what we're dealing with. And it goes far beyond the interactions that we all see and enjoy on WWE programming. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Isn't it crazy though? Because the majority of superstars you meet and you really have chat with, they're so unbelievably invested in everything they do, emotionally attached to everything they do. But some of them will tell you, like, I want to be picked elsewhere. I want to go. I want a fresh start. And that's what this offers. There's a lot of superstars right now that feel that they've stagnated. And I'm looking around at top superstars in that category as well, that you even wonder what, what the future is for damage control. With EO Sky looking elsewhere, as we saw on Monday Night Raw, you wonder about the role model Bailey and what the draft could offer for her or Becky Lynch for that matter as well. And I, I think while it's an, a nervy time, the ones that are absolutely, totally and utterly invested that can put their social and their family lives and everything aside and just simply say, what's best for me right now? Is it that we're split up as a tag team? Is it that I jump ship and I go over to Friday Night Smackdown? We're also in a, in a curious time with television rights negotiations here, Gravy. And we brought up the, the World Heavyweight Championship as well, the huge announcement from Triple H on Monday Night Raw. And that also has amplified this draft significantly, hasn't it? Because the chat backstage is, well, I want to be World Heavyweight Champion. Well, where is it going to go? It depends where Roman goes. There's so many aspects to this show today that offer uncertainty for us and and, and we can speculate all we want. Things are going to change tonight in a major way across WWE. Oh, you're absolutely right. And for a for a program, as in WWE as a whole, that never really ends, it never really reaches a conclusion. We talked about it a few weeks ago. WWE, the story never really ends. It just evolves. This is as close to a, a period on the sentence or a reset button that you will see in WWE to shake things up. And you are going to see new matchups. You're going to see matchups maybe you never realized you wanted to see. Maybe you're clamoring for a matchup and it's going to break your heart all over again. And you realize, oh my God, I'm not going to get to see Gunther versus Roman Reigns or, or whatever that may be. That's just my own personal like dream match. Oh, wouldn't that be fun? <laughs> but but it's it's a really exciting time. And, and like we were saying, the opportunity is at hand. It is ripe for the picking, whatever analogy you want to throw to it. It could be amazing for superstars' careers. It could also be very detrimental. If you're kind of happy where you're at in your position, if you're in cruise control, so to speak, and all of a sudden you get flipped to the other show and maybe your, maybe your opportunities evaporate. Maybe all of a sudden you have to push yourself to really reestablish who you are. Maybe to, to use the term, put a fresh coat of paint on your career, it seems a little ham-fisted, but that's what it is. This is really a chance across the board. And WWE is going to look extremely different going forward after this weekend. Well, you, you bring up negative changes. The Street Profits will be the first ones to tell you. They were drafted years ago as champions, and it didn't work out for them on the other brands straight away. And, and they often bring that up. They've brought it up on Raw Talk many times afterwards, saying that the draft didn't work for us. Um, they're a group now and a tandem that I'm looking at thinking, will you stay together? And if you do, you could do great things. If you go your separate ways, we've both talked about Angelo Dawkins and Montez Ford several times and their potential. I, I'm just... 
I'm fascinated by this and I wonder, Graves, is there a hope for you? Because you're someone who lives on the edge of your seat. On Monday Night Raw, when this announcement was going down, you and I had no idea. I need to stress this to everybody listening to this show right now that's sitting on the commentary desk. I look at you right before Triple H gets announced and we come back from break and I said, what? what's this all about? And you said, I have no idea. No earthly clue. Sure enough, new championship that means an awful lot. But what, what is your, as a fan here, Gravy, what's your hope for how it all plays out tonight with the new championship. So I'm going to take it back to something you mentioned very briefly and you sort of glossed over, but without getting too in the weeds here about business and what goes on behind the curtains, it's very public knowledge. Nick Khan has been talking very openly in different media outlets that WWE is in a very important business period right now as our TV rights deals are coming up for expiration. We want to renew them. Of course, it's business. You want to get the best bang for your buck. What this championship. I keep wanting to call it a new championship and I don't know. Let's just put this out there from Corey Graves mouth in video form. I don't know as it has been a few days since the world heavyweight championship was unveiled. I don't know if we're recognizing the past lineage. If it is in fact the same world heavyweight championship we've had in years past that they've sort of dusted off. I thought it was folded into the universal championship. I don't know. That's above my pay grade dealing with what I know. I think it's exciting to have that championship back because it gives Raw and SmackDown both the opportunities to identify themselves as separate, strong, complete brands. Obviously, right now, I am—I would bet money right this second, Roman Reigns is going to be the first overall pick. Does Raw have that pick? Does SmackDown have that pick? As we record this right now, we don't have that information, meaning Kevin Patrick and myself. I would imagine Roman's going to go number one, as he should. Roman Reigns is box office. Roman Reigns is a generational talent. He is such a dominant champion. He may never lose the title. (laughs) That's the message we got from Triple H on Monday. And look, you can't call him a liar. But now when you have a new world heavyweight champion on the opposing brand, whichever brand Roman doesn't end up on, now you have a top tier championship, a, a figurehead championship, so to speak, that gives that roster a goal. A, a pinnacle to their mountain rather than making it to the top of the Monday Night Raw mountain and then having to look across the range and seeing Kilimanjaro going, ah, I'm almost, <laughs> almost there. Not quite, but almost. Great analogy. It's, it's, it's its own pinnacle. And I think it's very important and it's going to force to our previous conversation some superstars to really step up their game. We saw Rollins on Monday Night talk about how Roman's list is seemingly endless of victims, but Rollins' name isn't on it. So Seth has a very strong case for himself, but with the the introduction or reintroduction of the World Heavyweight Championship comes an epic workload, KP. An epic workload because of the perception. We talk so much about the perception of the WWE universe, of wrestling fans here on this show. Until somebody beats Roman Reigns, there will always be a perception that any other champion, any other superstar is slightly less than. So the onus is on whoever becomes world heavyweight champion at night of champions in Saudi Arabia to really put in the work. There's an old analogy in this business that the title doesn't make the man, the man makes the title. That will never ring more true than where we're at right now. Because if a Seth Rollins or a Cody Rhodes or a Bobby Lashley or insert favorite here, becomes the world heavyweight champion, that's when the work begins. Not unlike other title reigns in WWE, but for the perception of the WWE universe. You, it is now on your shoulders 
to prove that you are not less than Roman Reigns. You are just different than Roman Reigns because you are on a different branded show. And maybe somewhere down the line, it will collide again. Maybe that's the Royal Rumble next year. Maybe it's next year's WrestleMania. The story remains to be written. But when you are the guy holding the championship, especially a newly established or reestablished championship like the World Heavyweight title, it is of the utmost importance to make the WWE universe believe in you the same way they already believe in Roman Reigns. There is nobody who watches WWE programming who doubts Roman. You may not like Roman's methods. You may not love how the bloodline is always involved and he's got this bulletproof persona. You may not be a Roman Reigns fan, but you cannot deny that Roman Reigns is the guy. Roman is the face of the company. Now with this draft and the championship, there's an opportunity to create essentially a second face of WWE. Because listen, while Roman is not going to give up that spot and Roman's still going to be around and be a force to be reckoned with, this is your chance on a, to, to Triple H's point to maybe weekly or at least at every premium live event or regularly be that guy, almost like the, the Intercontinental Championship or the United States Championship enhanced to another level. Take that workhorse mentality that has, has really made and defined the Intercontinental and United States Championships, particularly recently with the United States on Monday Night Raw, how the title has been elevated because Bobby Lashley, Austin Theory, Seth Rollins all went, you know what? Roman's over there doing what he's doing. We're going to make this the title. So they did. And, and, and the United States title, I would argue to this very moment, has never been as valuable as it is now. The same thing for what Gunther's doing with the Intercontinental Championship, approaching a historic reign. I think he's near a, a full calendar year as champion already. Nobody's doubting them. That doesn't make them any less than. But now if you're Gunther or you're, you're Austin Theory, you can look and go, hmm, depending on which show you end up on, I have this, but I want that. And now that is not a collision with Roman Reigns. That's another step. It's a different path. It's, it's you know, the, the AL pennant and the NL pennant. Which who knows? Maybe WrestleMania next year will you know they'll they'll collide again. I I just think it's I think it's very healthy for both brands. But you're hinting at something enormous here, and something enormous that will change everything that we've seen of late, and that is cross brand storytelling. All right. So so the 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 major story we've seen with the bloodline, the bloodline story that continues week in week out, that brings in the Judgment Day, LWO. We've seen Rey Mysterio across Raw and SmackDown for the last what six weeks or so. Are you suggesting that that might change? In the past, there was a very strong brand split. And again, Corey Graves openly admitting he has no idea what is actually going to happen. I'm not sure. All I can do is speculate. I've been around this place and this game long enough to know that usually where there's smoke, there's fire. But when you have a healthy, strong brand split, it goes back to the television rights deals. Now you have two complete television shows in Raw and Friday Night SmackDown that as a property are exponentially more valuable because you have the whole story to tell. Otherwise, it's like saying, all right, so-and-so has the Super Bowl, but you can have the playoff game, but everybody knows they want to watch the Super Bowl. Now everybody hits the Super Bowl. You know what I'm saying? Like I do, I do but I disagree to a certain extent because I think, the, I think the stories, when they transfer across, they bring with them so many people that I, like... If you, if, you, if you don't have an interest in a certain storyline, you mightn't be as inclined to tune in. Whereas if you know that Roman's jumping from left to right and Roman's coming from Raw to SmackDown and vice versa, or KO has a, 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 and Sammy have a match on Monday, for me, 
that brings in a bigger audience. Maybe I'm totally and utterly wrong here. I don't disagree with you, but I think you're speaking from a fan's perspective and you're not wrong. I would just say this, speaking with the guys and girls that I, that I know that we interact with regularly who have lived through drafts, maybe one, maybe multiple. I'm going to take it back a little further to when the initial draft and the brand split happened where it was Raw versus SmackDown. And not in a storyline sense. There was a very real competition. I know we talked to MVP in the locker room. Edge. Uh, there was an era where, you know, Eddie Guerrero, Kurt Angle, Brock Lesnar, there, there was a SmackDown crew. And the SmackDown crew sort of had a chip on their shoulder because they felt they were looked at as less than than Raw because of simply because of tenure, because Raw was this behemoth that had been existing for so long and such a strong brand. And now look at where we're at. It could be argued pretty strongly that SmackDown has been the A show the majority of the time recently. Since the Fox deal took place, I mean, people sort of perceive Friday Night SmackDown with Roman Reigns, with the meat of most of these bloodline stories, with a Gunther, all these, these top-tier talents. A lot of people think maybe Friday Night SmackDown's the one that can't miss. But what has happened in the locker room in the past is the roster looks around and says, okay, everybody's excited. Everybody knows what Roman's going to do on Friday night. Watch this. And that mentality led to some of the greatest matches ever on SmackDown. And some of them still stand the test of time to this day. You can go back and watch them because the rivalry was, was real. And it becomes, all right, hey, Raw's doing this, that, and the other thing. Well, SmackDown's going to do this, that, and the other. It's fun. It's really exciting. And I think Raw as a whole has enough talent and enough star power as is. And I can imagine it's going to be bolstered after Monday Night Raw. And I feel the same way about Friday Night SmackDown. But what we're not looking at is the potential for opportunity if there is a hard brand split. And I'm not saying hard as in like never again. There's going to be paths crossed. That's, that's kind of the beauty of this. You speculate. Now, all of a sudden, you have new dream matches. If Gunther comes to Raw and Roman stays on SmackDown, God, what if, man? Wouldn't that be cool if someday... So that someday when it most likely will arrive, it's got that little bit extra shock factor to it. Like, oh my God, can you believe this? There's no way. Or it makes the mountain of Royal Rumble that much more important to climb. Because if a Raw superstar wins it and wants Roman at WrestleMania, okay, now you can do it. It holds a lot more water. And think of when I talk about opportunity, we the ones, right? The Usos, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, Solo. All of these superstars who have been doing both Raw, both SmackDown, Rhea Ripley, The Judgment Day, you name it. There's been a lot of brand crossover, not only on a human being level. Am I happy for some of these guys and girls to maybe get a day off from time to time to recover physically and mentally? Because that is of the utmost importance. And that's not lost on the company. We, we got to make sure our talent is healthy. We got to make sure everybody's firing at, at their best. But the Usos have a, a segment or two every Friday night. They've had two or three on Monday nights recently, every single week. Now, all of a sudden, you don't have the Usos to lean on. And we've got two or three segments of television to fill. Hmm. Hmm. I know. Maybe LA Knight gets a chance that he's been clamoring for. There you go. Maybe insert name here steps up. Maybe to the point I made of the draft last week, maybe Grayson Waller shows up. And now he doesn't have to compete with the already established superstars. For television time, now you can take that time and you can make yourself a star. That's what the, the, the beauty of, the, if there is a brand split, you have more chance, more time 
because time is the biggest commodity in this business. If you TV time, if you're a superstar, that's what you want. If it's 30 seconds or 12 minutes, you want as much as you can get because that's how the fans learn who you are. That's how the fans learn to connect with you. So no matter who you are, I would think that a brand split. And again, just to reiterate, I don't know if this is going to happen. Kevin Patrick doesn't know this. None of our producers on the call right now have any idea. This is just two guys chopping it up because uh, this is, you know, what we're paid nicely to do. But uh, I think if there is a brand split, it makes sense now having the World Heavyweight Championship, having the Undisputed Universal Championship as the two pillars. That's it. Everything else in its nice, neat little package with a bow wrapped around it. You want to see what happens in the World Heavyweight Championship story? You'll find out on Monday. You want to find out who's going to challenge Roman Reigns? Watch Friday night. I love it. You've convinced me, right? But you, you've yet to convince me on one thing. And I'm going to go hone in here on Seth freaking Rollins, a man you love, a man you know very well. Would Seth like to go straight to the World Heavyweight Championship? Or is Roman Reigns still on his mind after what he said on Monday Night Raw? Because for me, I still feel that Seth wants a shot at Roman. And he wants to take down the man, the big man, the, the main man, Roman Reigns. And this, is, this goes back to my point about whoever becomes the World Heavyweight Champion really has a lot of work to do. I know Rollins is happy to put in that work, and I know Rollins is, is, would be the guy who could elevate the championship to be perceived as, as important as it's being positioned. That said, this is, this is going to be a conversation that will never end. This is like the splitting, splitting the league in the middle of the championship, in, in the middle of the playoffs. I don't know. We're almost there. Oh, well, you have to wait till next year, maybe. And th- that question will always be asked until someone defeats Roman Reigns. Can it be done? Will that person who defeats Roman Reigns be able to pick up and keep carrying the flag as well as Roman has done it? Think about this, KP. Let's say Bobby Lashley becomes world heavyweight champion. And through some magic of the draft, uh, let's say uh, Bronson Reed ends up on SmackDown. And six months down the line, Bronson Reed is the guy who defeats Roman Reigns. Obviously, there would be that initial shock of, oh, my God, Roman lost. Who is this guy that beat Roman Reigns? But then, and this isn't, just, this isn't an indictment of Bronson Reed. It was literally the name that popped off the top of my head. But then, can Bronson be that dominant of a universal champion that can sell out stadiums, that is on every cereal box and piece of merchandise the way that Roman does it. The, the stick is always shifting. It's not like a, well, he did this. All right, that's it. He's, it, it's perception. Perception is reality in this business. We're selling perception. It just feels though, we're going, we're going at a thousand miles an hour right now with so yeah, many different storylines across. <laughs> we are, but, but, but we're going to come to a sudden jolt and stop and things are just going to change so drastically. It just feels wild to me that this is three weeks removed from WrestleMania. You know, and the, culmina- right. the culminations of so many stories that have continued beautifully on both Raw and SmackDown. And right now, we haven't got a Scooby-Doo what the landscape is going to look like later on tonight. That to me is wild. All you can do, all we can do is speculate and wonder and ask questions. And what if, does Cody Rhodes hope to be drafted to the same brand as Roman Reigns? I would, I, knowing Cody, I would think because Cody wants to finish the story. But does Cody's story involve a championship that has a closer lineage to the one his father held so dearly, the world heavyweight championship, the big gold belt. 
Is, is that more attractive? Is that what Cody means by finishing the story by becoming world heavyweight champion? Or does he have to be have Roman's title? I don't know. There's so many questions to be asked here. You've just hit on something huge there, by the way. That's massive. I never I know. thought I just about thought that. that off the top of my head, KP. I'm the greatest. Well, yeah. well, Cody's story, think about the lineage. You're right. And, and what the title is called. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's and that's personal preference, and it all boils down. There's, I'm sure if we're up to Cody right now, who's sitting in the sweet spot, who's in his bag right now, Cody would do Monday and Friday in NXT if he could, because that's just the, the ethic that he's brought since he's returned to WWE. But, I mean, all we can do is ask questions and speculate. What happens? Here's one for you, KP. What happens if somebody drafts Jey Uso to Monday Night Raw? And Roman and Jimmy and Solo end up on Friday Night SmackDown. Then what? Because nobody said that the bloodline is immune from being split up by a draft. Triple we H talk H about the street profits. Involved. We talk about tag teams. You mentioned damage control. But, like, let's look way up there. I, I think the rule historically has always been sitting champions cannot be split. As far as Liv and Raquel probably don't need to worry. And as women's tag team champions, they'll most likely continue to float through brands. Uh, which I think is, is a perfect scenario for everybody. Jay Uso is a great example, though. But the, I mean, this is the Usos. We're talking. Wait, they, could, they could be split. The Street Profits could be split. The, the Judgment Day. You've got Rhea now. Rhea, who's arguably the linchpin recently of the Judgment Day. She's a SmackDown Women's Champion. I'd imagine she's going to stay on Friday Night SmackDown. Or does whoever's pulling the strings go, oh, you want to watch this? Check this out. SmackDown, we're taking your champion. And we've seen that happen. Where the, the champions have literally exchanged the titles because they were drafted to opposite brands. We don't know. The possibilities are literally endless. Yeah, it's beautiful, man. Look at you. It's Look beautiful. how excited you are. You're I, grinning I, you ear know, to ear, you know, man. I, I'll be pouring myself a bourbon and I'll be sitting down on the couch and I will be enjoying this and I'll be taking notes as to, just to see. It is. I mean, you, you brought up the analogy of the playoffs, but the playoffs are all headed one direction. This could go in any direction, Gravy. This is this is completely different in a way because there, there's stories that we're telling that could be utterly derailed. I, I guess, by this. You're right. I guess a better a better analogy would be we're at the, the All Star break, but after the All Star <laughs> break, National League is exclusive, American League is exclusive. You guys may never play yes. each other again, and maybe and then you know what happens? Then the World Baseball Classic becomes important because then you get your <laughs> your dream matchups that you never thought you would see before. It's a really, really interesting time. I, I think it's exciting. It's exciting for us internally. And judging by the raucous crowds that have been populating these WWE events lately, uh, it's exciting for the WWE universe as well. So what do you think happens tonight? Because again, we have no clue. Do you think the tag team main event WrestleMania rematch, that may happen first before the draft? Given that we're not going to know how it's going to play out, right? Like that is, this we're talking about a main event WrestleMania rematch tonight. Maybe the biggest tag team match in SmackDown's history is tonight between KO and Sammy, the champs, defending against the Usos, looking to become nine-time champions and win it back tonight. Yeah, I don't know what the schedule looks like as far as how the show is laid out, but how about this? What happens if the Usos become tag champions and then Sammy and Kevin get drafted to different shows again? Or vice versa. Sammy and, and Kevin retain and Jimmy and Jay get split up. <laughs> this is a literally landscape-altering episode of Friday Night SmackDown tonight, and we're going to follow suit on Monday. I remember in years past, they split the pool so that certain talents, so they couldn't gobble up the top five on the first night. You had to wait till Monday to draft a, a Brock Lesnar. Oh, yeah. How are we forgetting? Where's the beast going to end up? You mentioned a, a name before we came on the air. 
Logan Paul. Can Logan Paul be drafted? Is he immune to the draft? I don't he's know. He's a superstar. He's a contracted superstar. He's got to be part of the draft, right? Absolutely. And when you and I did our mock draft last week, it was kind of off the top of our heads as to who, who we see regularly, but there are a lot of variables in here. If, if, I'm, if I am a GM, if I'm putting this draft together, I absolutely want exclusive rights to Logan Paul. Because Logan Paul is a draw. He's a star. He's a mega star, and he's box office. You want him on your show. I mean, maybe Logan is a big enough star that he is immune uh, to, to being drafted. Brock Lesnar maintained free agent status in the last draft because Brock could do what he wants to do. Listen, stranger things have happened. I'm, ex- I'm curious to see how it all shakes out. But if I am a GM, I'm looking now, not like when we pretended to be GMs last week and you really put the screws to me on multiple occasions, but we'll not talk about that. Water under the bridge. If I'm a GM of Raw or Friday Night SmackDown, I am looking to make a major impact right off the top. And again, I'm, I'm expecting Roman to go number one, but there's a lot of uncertainty about who goes number two. And remember, wherever Roman goes, the World Heavyweight Championship goes in the opposite direction. That's right. Roman will remain undisputed universal champion and the newly minted beautiful championship, by the way. My God, when that thing was unveiled, I, I was in awe. I had to hold your back. You were dying to touch it. It was, it was, it was, and I didn't, I didn't. It's like the Prince of Wales trophy. You can't yeah, touch exactly. it if you ever actually want to win the cup. I, I just was like, I'm not that I'm planning on becoming champion anytime soon, but it, it was gorgeous. It, it very clearly was inspired by the old big gold belt as the, the collectors like to refer to it. The WCW NWA world heavyweight championship that was worn so proudly for many years by your Ric Flair's, by your Dusty Rose, by Triple H. And I think that's why Triple H has such reverence for this championship. And the design reminds you of the past while reminding you that you're existing in the future. This is the WWE Universe dead center. I thought it was a gorgeous championship. Uh, I'm sure those will be hot sellers over on ye old WWE shop. Hey, should we find out how the draft is going to affect our next guests on the show? I think the time is nigh, KP. I think it was a great segue. That's why we pay you the big bucks, my friend, to introduce our guests. They are the WWE Women's Tag Team Champions, Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez. The champs are here. Raquel Rodriguez, Liv Morgan. It is absolutely brilliant to have you with us here on ATB. We want to get into life as champions, your recent defense against Chelsea Green and Sonya Deville as well. But... Can we start with the draft tonight? Gravy and I have been breaking it down in as much detail and speculation, really, as we can. Give us a sense of what it's like backstage in the women's locker room. Liv, we'll start with you. I mean, two years ago, everyone was part of the draft then, right? You were part of it then. What's it like on draft day? Um, It's a little bit hectic. It's chaotic. Everyone's kind of just going with the flow because I feel like some people believe, like the WWE Universe might believe that we are privy to where we're going to be going, um, that we get told and we honestly don't. We are, we're spending that day like everyone else, just wondering where we're going, speculating, hoping. So it's chaotic, it's hectic. And also the SmackDown locker room, we have an amazing locker room. All the girls are, um, we're just very tight knit, you know, we celebrate birthdays. So we just have a great kind of thing going. So I think in general, we are all a little bit sad and anxious because we know that we're not all going to stay together. Talk to me a little bit more about that, Liv, because I'm glad you brought that up. The, the atmosphere backstage and the locker room and how important that is as a, as a competitor, as a talent, 
you do form these bonds. You have sure. people that you can go to with personal issues. And I don't, I don't expect you guys to name any names, but talk about how important that vibe is uh, being a superstar and having that sort of sense of home in the locker room. Yeah, I think that's everything, you know, spending 300 plus days on the road, um, the camaraderie within the group, the girls, the locker room, that's kind of um, on the top of the list of like maybe most important things that, you know, people wouldn't normally think, but it's like who we surround ourselves with 80% of the time are these other women. And we are just so lucky and blessed to have an amazing locker room and everyone, um, everyone adds to it. Everyone kind of like plays their part and we have an incredible locker room full of women that like care about each other and want each other to truly succeed, which is like rare in a business where, you know, there can like only be one. Um, everyone genuinely wants everyone to do great. And so, um, that's a little bit sad that we're going to lose this, um, camaraderie that we've built over the last year or two. Um, so I'm a little bit sad about that, but I'm excited for Raquel and I, I'm excited for everyone else. Um, sometimes it's good to have some new beginnings and a fresh start. Hey, it's good to be champ too, Raquel, right? I, I don't know. C can you guys, so can you guys be drafted? Is that, is that a thing for champions right now in this draft? Oh yeah. I definitely think that's a thing for champions right now in this draft. I think anything is possible at this point. And the, to what Liv said too, like we're going to lose that camaraderie, but We've been going to both Raw and SmackDown, so I'm kind of excited, too, that we get to mix it up a little bit and really get that camaraderie just different. We're all a team, so it's really cool to see us all joining together, but I'm excited for whichever brand we go to. The word of the day seems to be camaraderie, at least at this moment, so I want to talk about the camaraderie slash chemistry that the two of you guys have formed in rel relatively short order. Yeah! Uh, a, few weeks, a few weeks back here on After the Bell, at, right after you had crowned yourselves champions, uh, I sort of stirred up the internet a little bit. I yeah, poked the bees nest a little bit as I tend to do. Uh, but, but I was, it was from a place of excitement because historically speaking, save a few exceptions, the, the WWE women's tag team division hasn't been chock full of teams. It's been very transient. Oh, I'm going to try with this one. Raquel, I know you've had multiple partners. Liv, you've had multiple partners. You've competed against multiple sets of champions. What, how important is it for the two of you to really establish yourselves as the head of the division and really build the women's tag division. For sure. Um, oh, you go, <laughs> we always do this. We always say the same. I know we're always like, ah. <laughs> we're the same color and we don't even plan it. Uh, <laughs> I think it's, it's so important for us to establish it because I think to both of us, this means so much. A WWE title, especially a women's title is so prestigious and we both hold it to a standard that is just above every level. And so to be able to call ourselves champions and to be a team, we really want to show the WWE universe how prestigious these titles are. And um, I want to say thank you, Corey, for saying that. Um, it, it was very sweet. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm not all in, bad in all a the time. Way. <laughs> I, think, I think what you said is very valid. And, you know, these are um, not new titles at this point, but they were introduced as a new, you know, new championships. And so I think, you know, there's ebbs and flows and there's going to be like um, some trial and errors, but I would love for the um, tag division to be more consistent and more stable. And that's like exactly what Raquel and I are aiming to do. And so when I saw that you said that, I was like, wow, um, maybe, maybe everyone else is seeing it in this light as well. Like I am 100% all in on Raquel and making our team work and making sure that, um, we are reigning and defending champions. And I know it's so cliche. Everyone wants to be a defending champion, but for the women and for these titles specifically, um, it's, it's important that they have a home that um, is ready to go every single week. And like Raquel said, we have been going to both shows um, since 
after WrestleMania. And that's not anything that we do like begrudgingly. We are so prepared and proud and ready, even if we're tired, to do what we have to do to show the WWE Universe um, that these are stable and these are consistent and they found a home with Raquel and I. And um, we are honored, honored, honored to be the champions. And we just want to represent that to the best of our ability. Yeah, I mean, I say it all the time. We don't have to go to these shows. We get to go to these shows. We get to defend our titles and we get to represent the WWE Women's Tag Division. Liv, when I made those comments, specifically what came to mind is, is you individually in the past you're so passionate about this business and what you do. And, and you are someone who has a bit of a reputation for fighting for what you want. And I mean that in a good way Thank you. <laughs> uh, because that, that's sort of a, a lost art. A lot of people are just happy to be on the team. They don't want to be the team captain, but, but you've got a, a bit of a reputation for making noise when you need for to sure. make noise and, and making sure that you're getting the focus that you believe you deserve. Raquel, obviously you're still a little newer to this than Liv. How important has it been for the two of you? And what has Liv shown you about passion and existing in WWE versus NXT or before? Oh yeah, you know, coming up to SmackDown and only being up here for a year, of course, anyone new to the to SmackDown or Raw is going to be a little bit timid. We're going to be a little bit quiet. We're trying to figure out the ropes. We're trying to adjust to the new atmosphere, to the new crew, to the new team, to the new divisions. Um, so it is a lot different from NXT and Liv has really showed me that, you know, it's okay to fight for what you believe in. It's okay to fight for what you feel is best for you and what's best for WWE and the women's division. And she has, like you said, Corey, so much passion and so much energy. And she puts that forward every single time we get the opportunity to step into the ring. And it really makes me want to step up every time we're in there to come up with new tag moves, to come up with new stuff, to have a goal every time we're in the ring. And, and she actually brought that up to me the last time we were there. She came up to me in SmackDown and she was like, what's your goal for today? What do you want to accomplish on SmackDown tonight? And I love that about her because she's really taking the lead. She's really taking charge and she's making me really hone into my craft and who I am as Raquel Rodriguez. Oh, that's Kelly. I appreciate it. Yeah, dude. <laughs> But that burning passion, I mean, it screams through, whether it's on Friday Night SmackDown or Monday Night Raw for both you guys. Liv, you just said moments ago that it doesn't matter what show you're on or where you have to go. You guys, you say, Raquel, we get to do it. Like, it's a privilege, you know, and I love that attitude from, from you guys. And it's just, it's a winner mentality. But does your history, does your past, Raquel, a second generation wrestler, Liv, everybody knows and, and most WWE fans know about your past and your burning passion from this alongside your brothers from a very young age. D- does that form a connection and a bond between you, your sheer yes. love for what you do? Yeah, so we have conversations and these are like my favorite conversations with Raquel. Um, this means as much to her as it means to me. Um, this changed both of our lives. This changed both of our family lives. We, When we won the titles, we were like, Let's just take a step back for a moment and let's just appreciate the fact that um, our younger selves, young Liv, young Raquel, um, would only literally hope, wish, and dream to one day possibly somehow finesse and get to hold a WWE championship. But this is something that we've actually done and something that we've accomplished. So we just get to have moments where we're just like, dude, we've, we've, we've done it and we're doing it together. And it's like, kind of sweeter to do it with someone that feels the exact same way about it that you do. Like we constantly get to have like pinchy moments. This is so cool, which makes just the team more fun. And just um, the com- like the camaraderie between her and I camaraderie <laughs> so <laughs> much is. more fun. I feel like we get to be like our little younger selves in the ring and we're just out there living our dream. Like we're both 
just turning back into our little girl selves and we're out there and we're wrestling and it's just so much fun. Even like coming up with new tag team moves. Raquel and I had so much fun this past week coming up with new moves. We were like in the ring playing around and we came up with some new great tag team moves. And um, you were like, how can you best use me as a weapon? Yeah, literally. Correct. That's not playing around. That's inflicting pain on the other. Like, What if I used you as a weapon? And so, as you know, <laughs> we're just we're still um, finding our like footing together, but it's coming along so nicely and so organically. Um I'm still learning about Raquel. She's still learning about me, but um, I've been having an incredible, incredible time um, on this journey with her. And I just hope that we keep it going and continue it. Have there been any tag teams from the past that you two have studied or sort of taken inspiration from in your short tenure as a duo? Yeah, I mean, we talked a little bit about Diesel and Shawn Michaels and having the vibe and, and feel to us, you know, Big Daddy Diesel and, of course, the sexy boy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, honestly, that's kind of the only team we've, like, talked about. Like, I'm sure we've done, like, our own research. But, like, as a group and as we feel, like, what we represent, definitely Diesel and Shawn Michaels is, like, our most thrown around duo as far as, like, aesthetic vibe, the parts that they play in their team. And so that's kind of what um, is our inspiration. It, it seems like you guys are having a blast learning and developing this team together as a whole have there been any moments or disagreements you two have had or is there something you learned about the other that was like oh wait i didn't realize that like not necessarily bad but have you had to take pause at all or is it i haven't had any of that i haven't had any of that i really haven't um it's been a pleasure and every week after whatever we do whether it's monday and friday um if it's both days i we always text each other and we're like how are you feeling like um how do you feel about today are you happy or is there anything i can do for you is there anything that we can um, figure out together you know we are always very transparent and open and honest with each other because we both want this to succeed and I want her to be comfortable I want her to be happy and vice versa and so we always have a very open dialogue um, that I believe to be is like honest um, and we just kind of like hash it out in there but we've never had to hash anything out it's always just kind of like um, being open with our feelings and how we're feeling how we're feeling we're represented how we're feeling we are representing each other and um, so it's great to have a partner where, like, I'm not scared and she's not scared to kind of just say how we feel, even if it was bad. And there hasn't been anything bad, but I'd like to think that Raquel would totally let me know, like, hey, this or that, and I would do the same. That's huge. That is absolutely huge. Not not in just an on-screen tag team sense, but in being in a tag team and being on the road and traveling and having to be together more than you see your own family. If you guys can't vibe. That's a recipe for disaster. Yeah. And we've seen it happen countless times in the history of the business through some of the greatest tag teams. So that's awesome. You guys are starting the journey off on that foot, like on the same Yeah, it's page. very easy for us right now. So out of all that vibe and all that time you spent together, still no tag team name? Uh, the there was there? A, on the bump, you know, someone had suggested Live in La Vida Loca, which I think is so cute too. Uh, and we like I think, that, but I think even, Ricky Martin might object. I like that, but you know what? I feel even I feel like I'm like it's too biased. It's too much of like my whole name's in it. You know, yeah. I want something more like more split, more fair. You just know, do me a favor, please. I, I'm just gonna make this request. Don't just take both of your names and mash them together <laughs> into some I know, stupid that's thing. Why we have it? I hate it. I hate it so to, bad, I, and like we do it all the time. And so that's why we don't have one. You know, nothing, nothing has sparked like that joy where we've heard it and we were like, it. "Oh, this is it." You know, um, and you so, can't force it. You just gotta let it come about organically. And maybe not everyone has to have one. You know, maybe right. maybe that's not a thing. I'd like, I'd, I'd so like to have one. But maybe not everyone. <laughs> <laughs> like the champs for now. Just call us the champs. 
Yeah, love it, Raquel. There you go. I love it. I love it. So we, we always talk about, look, I love wrestling and everyone lo- everyone loves it that comes on the show here. But what's your mission statement? What's what, what are you looking forward to as a tag team championship and saying, these are our goals. This is how we're going to do it. And here's where we're going to get to. Yeah, I think we touched on it a little bit just as far as um, wanting the WWE universe to believe in these titles and believing in us and just knowing that we have the most pure and best of intentions holding these um it's it's awesome to be a champion um just to be called a champion but for both of us it means so much more than just like being called a champion we want to embody what we think are champions you know which is just showing up um showing out doing our best having good intentions we are very pure hearted and um wanting to be wanting to be role models and wanting to be good and wanting to um, just take these titles to the next level. And I, I, I would absolutely love to do that, Raquel. And that is my mission statement with these titles is to not have the tag segment come on and people, the W universe be like, oh, okay, well, they're going to lose in two weeks because that's what we've been seeing since like the birth of these titles. It's very hot and cold. We have a lot of in and outs and um, Raquel and I, we want to be mainstays and we want to hold these and we want, people to know that these are the titles to win and it's not going to be easy. A hundred percent. You know, we know who we're following, whose footsteps we're following and women who are in the hall of fame and future hall of famers and legends. And exactly to what Liv said, we hold these titles. They're very precious. We know what we have to live up to. So we're going to work to that every single Monday and Friday. Like, are you kidding? We won these off Tristratus. Are you kidding? (laughs) You you pinned Tristratus. Yeah, Liv, like I know in the moment you're in the heat of battle, you're in competition, but when you were able to step out of the ring, did it dawn on you like I just pinned Trish Stratus? Yeah, yeah. And it's just it's just something that um it's kind of hard to wrap your head around because like I never thought I'd have that moment. I never not once conceivably thought like there would be a point in time in my career where I would pin the woman that I grew up watching, Trish Stratus. Um, never thought that these paths would cross in the way that they did. So, you know. Not only pinning her, but being the first person to pin her in like 16 years since she's retired. I mean, I know she wrestled Charlotte, but that was a submit. That was a top out. I was That's the right. first person to pin Trish Stratus in like 16 years. And that literally blows my mind so much that so that, yeah, so much so that I still can't even really wrap my head around it because it's so odd to me. It still feels weird and dirty when you say it yeah, out loud. Yeah, like, you know, I just, I just yeah. so never thought that that would happen. And so um, I still kind of feel like I have to let it, like, soak in a little bit. It, I feel like it just happened and went so fast, and we're just, like, on to the next thing. I haven't even been able to truly, like, appreciate it yet. Let me ask you guys this. As tag team champions who obviously are taking this role and responsibility very seriously, we talked a little bit ago about how important it is to really flesh out and build up the division as a whole. As champions, you guys carry a little bit of weight. You have a little bit of sway backstage and in the locker room. Have you ever thought about or perhaps even had these conversations with some of the other women in the division about, hey, maybe you guys should team up? Like, have you you thrown that out there? Because I feel like there's been this perception internally where it's like, you want to be SmackDown Women's Champion or you want to be Raw Women's Champion, uh, but I'll take the tag titles if I have to. You guys are very, very open and honest about elevating the championships and making them a standalone important goal in WWE. Is that something you've, you've conveyed to any of the other women or, or kind of floated as an idea? As much as I want to be like, yeah, like, no, we haven't. Um, but also I think the timing is because like, we know there's a draft 
like right around the corner. And so to kind of lead these conversations of like, hey, you guys should team up or like, you guys ever thought about being a team? We don't know where anyone's going to land um, with like today. Sure. I just, yeah, I didn't think about that. The draft. Everything's going to look different at the end of the day. So yeah, we kind of um, have halted on that just because we are aware that that is coming up. And so I think after, after, you know, we get a lay of the land and everyone's where they're new home is um i think we could start having those conversations and maybe start like pitching and prying and like trying to like plant seeds um but we've just been enjoying up until this point and trying to um be like the most well-oiled machine that we can possibly be but i think after the draft to add to that i feel like we are not physically saying it but we're kind of inspiring it in some of the women like sonia and chelsea for example i would have never seen them as a tag team but they came together and owned into playing the mind games with us, being those villains that wanted to take titles and really just turn out our fire. And so it was really exciting to see that. So I feel like the more that we do hold these titles to a standard and put these on a pedestal, the more that we're going to light that fire under women to create more of competition in the women's tag division. For sure. I feel like the the rebuild is in process, even with Candice and uh, Michan. You know what I mean? Like, can you imagine a... Tag team, triple threat match, Raquel and I, Candice Amichin, and Sharon and Karen um, for the titles. Like, I think that match would blow people's minds in a way that no one would ever expect or guess. Like, the tag division is on the rise, and um, I think that everyone is going to want a piece. So it's just really a matter of this draft where everyone lays, and then I think, I believe it's go time. And live. You've already shown everybody last Friday night when you defended your titles that you will do anything to defend those titles. Nefarious means and all. Oh, 100%. There is nothing that I won't do, Kevin, and I can say that wholeheartedly. There's there's absolutely nothing that I won't do. <laughs> I got your back just in case if you ever need that one foot. I know. I trust you with everything. I know you got me. I got you too. Liv, I want to talk to you about sort of the style you've developed, particularly recently. You've really taken a liking to these high risk, high impact maneuvers, uh, where you, where you are, you're taking as much of the impact as your opponent on a lot of these things. Yeah. <laughs> Is it something you're aware of? Are you cognizant of thinking like, man, I, I have to take care of myself or are you just burning it at both ends? Just trying to like run until the wheels fall I'm, off. I'm burning it. I'm burning it. So the wheels fall off. <laughs> I wish I was more <laughs> like, I wish I cared more, but honestly, like I'm, I'm risking it to get the biscuit. I want to, I, I don't have what a lot of these girls have as far as like, um, I'm not generational. I, I did not have big expectations. People did not expect anything from me coming into this business. Um, but I want, I want to leave a legacy. I want to leave my own legacy. And so I am risking it to get the biscuit. I will do every single time. Um, I kind of do put myself and my personal well-being aside. If that means I'm going to accomplish what I've set out to do, or if that means that this person is going to get a little bit extra damage. And maybe me, me too, but I will do that for the sake of the team. I will do that for the sake of the match. And um, I think it makes me different in a way. You know, I am maybe willing to do some things that maybe no one else would be willing to do. And I absolutely love that for me. It is defi- definitely beneficial to the team because you've got a powerhouse of a partner yes. who has no issue throwing you around for like sure. a ragdoll for your own personal sure. gain. Raquel, has there ever has there ever been anything that Liv has suggested to you where you went, no, you're no on choice. my team. What are Actually, you thinking? Not yet, because I kind of like this version. I love this version of Liv. I'll say that. I love that it's extreme. I love that she's willing to go 120% with her body, her soul, everything. It makes me want to do the same too. It's just, I don't think anyone's strong enough to pick me up and throw me, but we're working on it. <laughs> yeah, we're working on it. I'm waiting to see if you can turn Liv into a bowling ball. 
Yeah. Just right, right across the ring. (laughs) Is that an idea? (laughs) Liv's thinking about it. I don't know for the tag team fight tables. Do it. I would. I would absolutely love that. A tag team street fight. Are you right? A tag team street fight. Tag team last woman standing. God, we totally win. We would so be in there, dude. Um, and also, like, I think it takes you to take though, and I trust Raquel. Like, I, I trust her to completely throw me where, you know, like, we have this double team move where we she picks up a power bomb and just chucks me, and I don't know where I'm going. I can't the see. I don't have eyes behind my head. I don't yeah. know where I'm leading to, but I just trust her. I'm just like, Lee, <laughs> like, throw me. You know what you're doing. <laughs> I would never just throw Liv blindly. Thankfully, I can have a little bit of a, a view when I'm going to throw her so I can see her opponent's. And so I, I'm aiming for them 100%. I would never just throw her on the floor. That's. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I never, I never second guess her. I never question her. I never doubt her. I know like she's going to do what she needs to do. And I'm in safe hands. So it's just like, it's all okay. Is that vice versa, Raquel? Is that the same for you? Because you were used as a weapon on Monday night. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And actually we're kind of thinking about these things too. I was like, this is great because I've been using you as a weapon and now you get to use me. And this is. We're, we're just in like an unconventional way. And yeah. It's been fun kind of figuring out how do we do this? Like, how do we, what else can we do? What other moves like can I assist Raquel in? And so we are definitely like heading down a slope that is very fun. This unspoken trust. And I feel like that's what really binds us even more as a tag team. The ability to use one another as a weapon. And that is how we became mm-hmm. best friends. <laughs> What's something you've learned from Liv since you've become a team? whether it be about yourself or the business, something that you've taught one another. I've learned one to stand up for myself and to speak up when I feel like it's necessary and not be afraid to say what I feel. And I've also learned how to carry myself as a WWE champion, because like you guys said, Liv is the perfect example of someone who's passionate about the business. She's passionate about wrestling and she's passionate and she loves her title. She loves it. It's, it's a prestigious thing. And I've learned so much from her and I've grasped onto that. And I've kind of carried that into my own too, of becoming what a women's champion should be, what she should look like, how she should carry herself, how she should talk. Liv has taught me so much, and I feel like I've grown immensely to represent WWE. Thank you, Raquel. And um, not to be like me too, but like, um, and I love you, Raquel, but like, I, I don't feel like, um, I love that you feel like you've like learned from me, but I don't, like in this team, I don't feel like above you. I feel like I learned just as much from you in all the same aspects, you know, um, representing myself, um, the dedication, the passion, you are, no matter what, no matter what time we get home, you're going home and you're working out and you're, you're improving yourself and you want to be better. You know what I mean? And even though like I totally knocked out the whole week this week, I went to bed. (laughs) Um, you, that, that inspires me. Like you are just consistently wanting to get better. You are a go-getter. And I love that because I want to be the same for myself. And like I said, I don't feel above her by any means. Like I learned just as much from her as she is saying that she learns from me in all the same aspects and values. KP, is this the most feel-good episode of ATB 100%. we've ever done? <laughs> Great. Because I'm sitting here like glowing, just I watching know. them talk to each other. I'm just like, I wow, know. this is really nice. I'm, I'm usually so angry. I'm fired up about something. And I'm like, no, these, this is really nice. I feel like this is the perfect time for me to tell you. I love you, Corey. I think this is the perfect time for me to say thank you to Raquel Rodriguez and Liv Morgan, the WWE Women's Tag Team Champions. Raquel, where can the ATB fans find you on social media? They can find me at Raquel WWE on Instagram and Raquel WWE on Twitter. How about you, Liv? You can find me at You Only Live Once, two Vs. 
on Instagram and Twitter. And, you know, I think I even have a Facebook that's like that as well. So you can, you can, you can catch me on Facebook as well. <laughs> Keep your eyes on the champs. I'm excited to see what you two accomplish. Likewise. Make sure you're following us at After the Bell, WWE on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find me at WWE Graves. You can find Kev at Kev underscore Egan. Listen for free wherever you get your podcasts. Just search After the Bell and hit the follow button so that you never miss an episode. And don't forget, full episodes of After the Bell are available on the official WWE YouTube channel each and every Monday so you can watch us just as well as you listen to us. We'll be back next week with more wisdom. Probably less vitriol because I'm leaving on a high note. I don't want to step on the sunshine. A brand new Raw and SmackDown roster and, uh, oh yeah, more WWE after the bell.